Welcome to the Connect the Dots podcast. Jeffrey Klein has conversations with a diverse array of successful people, sharing their stories to educate, inspire, and entertain. Here is your host, Jeffrey. My guest today is ukulele performer Jake Shamamburkro, who over the past two decades has proved that there isn't a style of music that he can't play, whether it's jazz, rock, blues, bluegrass, folk, or even classical. On perhaps the unlikeliest of instruments, the ukulele, which he first picked up at the age of four. Jake's incredible journey has taken him from local phenom to YouTube sensation, from playing tiny clubs to headlining the world's most prestigious concert venues like the Hollywood Bowl, Lincoln Center, and the Sydney Opera House. He's performed on the biggest TV shows and has released a string of award-winning chart-topping albums. Just recently, he was nominated by President Joe Biden to serve as a member of the National Council of the Arts. Jake, the Hawaii-born virtuoso, has taken the ukulele to points previously thought impossible. And in the process, he's reinvented the applications for this tiny, heretofore unappreciated four-string instrument, causing many to call him the Jimi Hendrix of the ukulele. Aloha, Jake. Aloha. Thank you for having me. And that's a very generous introduction there. Well, it's uh, remarkable, and, and I, as I, I mentioned, you know, I've been listening to your latest album, The Jake and Friends, which is this collaboration with incredible uh, other artists that I think is, it's to me, one of the things I find really remarkable about, about music is when people collaborate. Um, and I've grown up, my father being a jazz musician, you know, his favorite is Miles Davis, and he says one of the things Miles did really well was get other musicians, whoever was the the great, you know, great talent at the time would bring in. And I think uh, music is really elevated when you collaborate. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I, uh, I like to kind of start at the beginning. So where were you born? Although we kind of mentioned where in Hawaii, we can get to that. And what did your parents do for a living? Yeah. So I was born and raised in Honolulu, Hawaii. And um, my dad was a, and still is a carpenter, finishing carpenter. Yeah. And my mom uh, worked as a, you know, server in the restaurants and bars. And we, um, you know, it's kind of uh, some very simple life growing up. You know, I, I, uh, I have a younger brother, his name is Bruce. And we both played the ukulele, you know, as kids. And my mom played. So she was, she was our first teacher. In fact, when I was about four years old, she sat me down, taught me a few chords. And I just fell in love with it and uh, and that I don't know and I, I still love it just as much if not even more you know than I did when I first picked it up so now you picked it up as a kid and you played and obviously found that you had some talents there did you ever consider like as a kid like people say oh what do you want to be what you grew up was there something other than musician or that you thought oh I want to be this when I grew up that other kids have you know a surfer or something oh. more you know a hula dancer I don't know something like that yeah, I thought I was going to be an elementary school teacher. Oh, yeah, I love it. I, yeah, I love, always loved working with uh, working with with kids and um, and yeah, and, and you know when I first started playing the ukulele, I mean there was I was a I was very much a late bloomer. You know, I um, uh, but I, I loved or was it. late to pick up the instrument. Uh, no, no, I mean like when I was picking it up, you know, I mean there was really nothing. I don't think any of my teachers or instructors thought that I would be doing what I'm doing today, you know, but I just loved it. I mean, even if I were just strumming basic chords, I was just so happy, you know, mm. doing that. And um, 
you know, the ukulele, it's, 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 a uh, you know, it only has four strings and you have two octaves and, but yeah, there's just something about the sound of it, you know, that, I don't know, brings, it brought, brought me so much joy every time I, I had a chance to sit down and pick it up and strum it. I mean, I just, I just loved it, you know, so, uh, and now I get to kind of share, you know, this instrument with people all over the world and it's such an honor, you know, so, um, yeah, it's, it's so much and was fun. There, <laughs> did you ever try other instruments? You know, is it, is it the type of thing where you're like, as soon as you got started strumming, you're like, oh, this is it. Or did you ever contemplate or consider or try other instruments? I, I never had the desire to play other instruments. I think because the, um, the ukulele was challenging enough, you know, for me, <laughs> it's funny because it, it's, it's a very simple instrument, but at the same time, it's, it's very, uh, it, it can be very difficult because you're so limited, right? Mm -hmm. You know, you're very limited in range and there's a lot of, uh, I don't want to say limitations, but I guess, you know, I guess there, there's, um, you know, you have to, you have to kind of be, um, I think you have to rely a, little, a bit more on creativity, you know, to make up for some of the things that you, you don't have on the instrument. And, uh, and that's so, so to me, I love that, you know, because it, it's like, uh, it's almost like problem solving, you know, every time you tackle a new song or a new piece, it's like, okay, how, how are we going to, you know, make that translate or how are we going to interpret, you know, this, or how do I, how do I capture that, that feeling or that essence or, you know, that kind of expression. So, so much of it is just, you know, being very uh, creative with your, with your, your, your touch, your timbre, you know, your sense of dynamics, rhythm, and, um, you know, all of these things, you know, come into play. And so it's very satisfying musically, you know, when it all comes together. And then at times it can be very frustrating, you know, <laughs> but, but that's, that's, that's what I, I love about it. It's interesting. Um, I do a workshop sometimes about storytelling and I do an exercise where people have to tell a story in six words, which goes back to Ernest Hemingway and flash fiction. And one of the things I read recently about that was that limitations kind of evoke creativity. You know, oh. that it's actually when you have, you don't have the whole, you know, orchestra to yourself that you have to really focus on, okay, how, how am I going to approach this and be creative to make it more than it is? And it sounds like that's kind of what you've done with the ukulele. Yeah. What was the first song you learned that you're like, would be, be comfortable playing for somebody else? Was it a Hawaiian tune, you know, or is it a, a pop song? Like, how, what was your musical influences and, and which one did you love? Like, oh, I can play this on. Um, oh, so, sorry, sorry. You, you kind of cut out a little bit, Jeffrey. What, what was that again? What, what I, was some of the... so there two, I actually asked two questions at once. So let me, let me, let me. Yeah, no, no, no. What was the first song you learned that you were like, okay, I know this well enough that I could now play it for other people? okay um like your go-to now you're like okay i know this one really well yeah well there was a there was a song that i used to play as a kid it was the first one of the first songs that i felt like like oh you know it would be fun to perform this in front of an mm -hmm. audience and it was a song called crazy g which is like it's it was kind of an old standard on the ukulele but it sounded something like it was like And 
and it just uh it, it was just a um i love it and, and it, it got it got uh progressively faster and faster you know as the uh, as the song went on so it was it was just such a such a fun tune and i think um uh i remember playing that at a like a like several talent shows you know when i was a kid <laughs> but i was super shy you know like i i mean I was I was really shy. It wasn't until I was uh, maybe like yeah, thirteen years old, uh, maybe twelve or thirteen that I um, actually had the, I guess you know had the courage to get up in front of a, an audience, and it was over at my high school when I was a freshman, and uh, play in front of the you know in front of uh, the school, and I tell you it was like the scariest thing I ever did, but. Um, but I just remember after playing the song and receiving that, that, uh, the applause, you know, from the audience, mm -hmm. it was such a rush. And, uh, and then I, I, I think it was that day that I realized, wow, I, I really do enjoy performing. Mm. And so did you at that point or shortly thereafter decide like, this is what I'm going to pursue? Um, no, I think I think still back then, you know, I, I didn't really know what I was going to do. I I um, when I was a senior in high school, I, I met a couple of guys and we kind of formed a little band. And, you know, um, and we played around town in Hawaii. We called ourselves Pure Heart. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was my first band. We did a lot of traditional and contemporary island music, Hawaiian music and um and it was fun. I mean, we were playing weddings, graduation parties, and all kinds of fun stuff. And uh, oh, we even recorded um, a couple records. And but then, you know, but then after that, I I just uh, you know I was just a sideman in the band. You know, we had a lead singer, and so I loved it because I could just hang back. And then, <laughs> you know, and then when there was time for like the instrumental solo part, I would kind of step up and do my sixteen bars or whatever. And then step back, you know, into the background and just strum away and play, do little fills here and there. So I, I love that role. And, uh, and I played in a couple other bands after that, but it wasn't until I think 2000 or 2001 when I, when I uh, kind of started my solo, you know, mm -hmm. career. And that was really scary. I mean, to be honest, I, I didn't think I was going to do that because well for, for one I, I don't sing and back then my biggest inspiration for playing the ukulele was a man named Otasan he was a ukulele instrumentalist and he released tons and tons of records I mean he was just really the, the first ukulele virtuoso you know he and another and his teacher named uh, Eddie Kamai you know they were like the two first ukulele virtuosos so you know they were my biggest inspiration uh, for playing but when I when I first started um, when I first started I was like, how am I gonna you know make it as a solo ukulele player? I just didn't have the confidence, so I almost mm -hmm. kind of gave it up, you know. And I started just teaching, and I opened up an ukulele school and things like that. But but then uh, but on the side I was still performing, like doing these, you know, playing playing at restaurants or like little coffee shops, and and I because I loved I loved playing, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, but then in 2000, 2000, 2001, I got my first, uh, you know, uh, record deal offer and it was with Sony music Japan and it was a seven album deal. So I was like, Oh my goodness. Yes. I was wow. like, oh, this is a huge commitment. 
So I ended up signing with them and uh, yeah, and that was like, that kind of started, you know, all of this and, and I just loved it. I love the challenges of, you know, just the challenge of, of, you know, writing songs for, for recording projects and, you know, coming up with arrangements and new ideas, you know, um, yeah, it was just such a blast. And of course, you know, it was very, it was, it wasn't easy. It was, it was hard. It's, it's still, you know, there's still so many challenges. I mean, you know, even today, but, um, but I love it, man. It's just, I, I feel so, so, uh, I'm, I'm just so grateful, you know, to have this opportunity, you know, to do something that I love doing. Mm. And just the fact that it, I think it helps to bring people some joy, you know, bring something positive into the community. And, um, so man, that, that's a, that's a real privilege and, and honor right there. So, I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving all the opportunities and the things that I get to do right now. Now, one of the things that uh, I think you got known for is, is kind of breaking out of the traditional ukulele songbook and doing sort of pop songs and other genres. How did you decide to do that? And how did that, how did you find people receiving, wait a minute, wait, I know this song. This isn't, you know, this is something that I, I, I can, you know, whether it's, Beatles or you know or, or Queen or whatever all of a sudden it seems like people are like wow that's that's awesome well I, I think that's one of the one of the things you know that that I always loved about Otasan is that he um, you know of course he played traditional Hawaiian music but he would also venture off into things like Malagenya or he uh, he had an arrangement of um, of he did uh, um, like Gershwin's Rhapsody in Blue, mm -hmm. you know, and then he, and then he was a phenomenal jazz, jazz musician. So he could, he could improvise so well and he would play all these standards. And, um, and uh, so I, I, I think there were, there were all these different genres of music that, that he played. And so every time as a kid, I remember like hearing him play and just being so blown away because he would be playing things that I wouldn't expect to hear on the ukulele. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, that's what kind of, uh, that, that's what I, I love doing. You know, I love trying to tackle songs that you wouldn't expect to hear on the instrument or even, uh, or even adapting, you know, different techniques, right. From other instruments to the ukulele and figuring out how you can use them and apply can them, you, right? Can you give me an example of that? Can you show me like what you, what you mean by that in terms of? Yeah, so um, like, um, you know, like coming up with, with different ways of attacking the string so you can get more like a, like a, this is more like a koto type of sound. You, know, you can get like these harp like, these types of um even uh like here this is kind of like, like some some flamenco style strumming you know, or like uh guitar tapping you know to All, all these types of techniques right that I kind of borrow from other instruments um, you know when you figure out ways to apply them to the ukulele I think it just it just uh, ins it, well, it inspires me you know to 
to try to write things or arrange things a certain way so that I can incorporate a lot of these techniques, right? Even like these harmonic ideas. You know, bends. You know, so, I mean, just things like that, that I, I just, I don't know, I, I think it's, it's so cool that that you can uh, use these these things on on the instrument, right, and kind of uh, help to just yeah. uh, just kind of Jake, you make it seem effortless. Please tell uh, me that you work really hard to get there because I find it. Oh remarkable. yeah, yeah, no, no, definitely. I mean, it's just sometimes I'll just like if I'm like when I when I would work on certain pull offs, you know, like things like this. That, you know, like sometimes I would just I would just be sitting sitting for hours and just doing the you know until you can kind of get it and it just becomes part of your you know it just becomes part of your muscle memory i guess in a way even um uh you know bela fleck used to show me these really cool banjo rolls that i used to kind of like these kinds of roles and he's one of my, my dad's favorites bella he's amazing oh um, yeah gosh he's one of yeah definitely one of my biggest heroes so in terms of influences because because you you know you told me about the ukulele influences of the the, the virtuosos obviously beatles had a huge impact on you you know both in terms of um what how did you learn about is all this music pretty did you just decide like i you seem to have a very eclectic musical taste. And how did that come about where, you know, how did you learn about new artists and genres and things of that nature? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've always been a huge fan of the Beatles, you know, and, and I love, um, I mean, I, I just love rock and roll, right? So <laughs> that's why I kind of gravitate toward a lot of those, uh, those, those guitar heavy, tunes um you know i mean even in our show now i mean we incorporate a lot of kind of like these rock riffs like you know like i might quote something from sunshine of your love or something or you know lagrange or um we've been doing uh you know you mentioned earlier i think bohemian rhapsody you know i, I think before we were talking and um, and another another one we've been doing recently is we will rock you, you know, and that's mm. that's been a that's been a fun one. Get then the the crowd gets into it, they do doo, doo, you know, they start stopping their feet. So yeah, it, it's just fun. I, I love things like that where you know you can just um, where everyone feels like they're they're involved, part of it. You know, that, mm. I think that's what makes it fun because it's a it's 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 not just a, collab, a collaborative thing with the musicians on the stage, but it, you know it's it's such a collaborative experience you know with the mm. audience and uh, just you know everyone everyone the the production staff and, and the, the ushers and the volunteers you know and everyone that's that's a part of making that that night happen you know so so you know when you have those moments like that where there might be a spontaneous sing-along or something it's just <laughs> it just i don't know it feels so good because it's like in that moment you know you just feel so connected with everyone Mm, I love that. And that's what music can do is really connect with people. So you've, you've played lots, you know, kind of a, a, across the world and in different places. 
Uh, is there one place where you go, wow, you're really surprised, you know, your 13 year old self, like, I can't believe I'm either in this place or talking to this person. Is there any one place where you're like, pinch me, is this real? <laughs> yeah, you know, about, uh, I remember like 10 years ago, maybe a little more than 10 years ago, I was, um, I was over in the UK and, you know, we performed at the Royal Variety Performance and I was there with uh, with Beth Midler, we did a duet of one of my favorite Beatles songs we played in my life, and it was for the royal family. And after the show, uh, Beth and I got to go backstage, and we actually got to meet the Queen. You know, we got to meet Queen Elizabeth, and, you know, we both got to shake her hand and talk with her, and it was just such an incredible moment. I mean, I remember just thinking to myself, like, oh, my goodness, you know, not not only am I here, you know, with Bette Midler, one of my favorite singers of all time, but you know we're both here meeting the Queen. It was just surreal. Playing and, Queen to meeting the Queen. You know, there's, there's the yeah, the yeah exactly. Uh, well, my wife is British, so for me, the royal family is pretty amazing, and and uh, I'm now a dual citizen, having lived in England for for a good long time, and yeah, it's uh, she, you know she seems like she was as remarkable as she seemed, you know, and I think it's, um, it's something that I've come to really embrace in terms of that culture. Um, and really what we you know, what it is, you know, part of the reason I tell people that I'm obsessed with purple, which I am is because it honors the Royal family. So that's my, my way of honoring yeah, yeah. it. What advice would you have if someone has an interest in, in being a musician? You know, it's not an easy thing to do. And my, you know, my father, who's been a musician for years. That wasn't his job. He, that's a side gig. You know, he does it for fun. And, um, but if someone decides, like, I want to be a musician, what advice could you give them? Uh, I mean, you know, one thing that always stuck with me is, uh, is um, always, you know, focus on being a good person first and a good musician second. I mean, that's, and I think that that resonates uh, true and, in whatever field, you know, you, you get into probably, you know, so, um, and that's something I always try to focus on, you know, like, uh, you know, I mean, cause music is all about connecting with people. And sometimes we, it's, it's easy to forget that, that you're only a, a musician or an artist or, or, well, when you're on stage, right, doing your mm. thing, but you know, you're, um, you know, it's it's like um, sometimes the, the the most important stage is uh, is everything around the stage, mm -hmm. right? And uh, you know how you treat people, um, you know, your work ethic. Um, uh, the, the, your humility, the kind of, you, you know, your, your gratitude, um, the kindness that you show people. And that's, to me, that's, uh, that's all the stuff that I want my, my music to express. And, you know, and so for me, I, I, I know that I have to strive, you know, to, to live that way. Right. Because if, if that, if, if you make that a habit, right, then, uh, then, you know, it just kind of, uh, 
it starts to show in, in everything that you do, you know, including your, your, your music, and your artistry or whatever you're passionate about. And so that's something I, I, that always kind of sticks with me and I try to think about mm -hmm. a lot. I, I think that's phenomenal. And it's, it's not what you, I think you'll expect to hear from someone who's you know, performing necessarily, but I think it's, yeah, the stage that makes a lot isn't necessarily the stage you're performing on, but it's everything else. Um, yeah. Jake, you've performed for the Queen. You've won awards. You've been on the TED stage. By every, by most, you know, uh, measurements, you have our success. But how does Jake define success? Um. Uh, oh, that's a that's a tough one. I feel like I feel like my my answer would change from week to week. You know, <laughs> I like it's probably accurate. Yeah. I mean, it 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 really does. It just uh, you know, I I know you have kids, you're a dad, and I'm I'm a dad too. I have two boys, and you know, one of my one of my favorite things in the world now, like, is because uh, they're in they're into sports now. So like going to their games and watching their games or even just their practices like mm -hmm. oh man it's like the it's like the the greatest thing it's not you know and and it's just i just love watching them play you know because they they look so happy and they're um you know they have good games and bad games but it mm -hmm. doesn't matter you know it's just i love that and that, i think that's the hardest part about about touring now is you know like when i when i have to miss their games every mm -hmm. once in a while you know, I try not to, but you know, sometimes you know, I, I so, have to. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you just remind me. So I, I that connects with me, aligns with me because I my all my children play sports and seeing them perform on the athletic court because volleyball and basketball is really fulfilling. And I think part of the reason I'm lucky and it sounds like you're the same with it. So I think of my son Ethan. He's played basketball. He's 13 and when he was maybe starting three, four years ago, he would be on a team and he was on a team that was not very good. Like they played a season and did not win a game. Mm. But what I observed watching him play is that it didn't matter to him. I mean, yeah, he wanted to win, but he has a joy for the sport in yeah. a way that he's smiling, win, lose, draw. He's, you know, what's nice now is that he has, he's on a team right now that's uh, in the playoffs and has is undefeated so it's good to see uh, the other side too yeah 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 uh, and i've seen that with both my i have twin daughters who, who played competitive volleyball and you you've seen the highs and the lows and i think again the important part is do you enjoy playing you know it's, it's about the the playing part winning is bonus sure um, but i think it's the joy of of participating in that sport do your children play are into music what's what's the story uh, there yeah, yeah, they, they both love music, you know, um, but I, I think, uh, I think right now sports is their, you know, their main focus, like, yeah, my, you know, they, they both play basketball and they do, they do soccer and all that. And, uh, and it's, it's awesome, but we're, we're finding, we're learning uh, uh, how difficult it can be to juggle schedules now, you know, like, well, oh, he has practice here and then he has a game here and, and then we got to drop them off and then come pick them up. And then, you know, and then we got split up and you go to his yeah. game, I'll go to his game, you know, so it's, yeah, uh, but, that yeah. I relate to. And, and I, when people say, what do you do? I say, I'm a taxi driver for my tour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I, I think I was supposed to do something like, that's my primary gig. Yeah, yeah. 
but it's no, but yeah, and uh, you know, it's the same for us. I, I'm sure it's like that for a lot of families, you know. But man, I'm just so grateful that that you know our, our kids have that opportunity. Like I wasn't into sports when I was growing up, you know. So, um, you know, so this is a whole new world for me, and, and one that I'm enjoying immensely. So. And I, I think I know some of the answer to this, but I'll, I'll ask him. So, you know, you you sometimes have to be motivated to want to work on this song or that song. So what inspires you and gets you going to want to really take on the challenge of something new or, or find a new way of tackling a song? Uh, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm always, I, I'm always motivated. Definitely. It's just, sometimes I don't have, um, the amount of time that I'd like to put in, you know, I mean, when I was, before I got married and, you know, before I was, uh, you know, when I was single and didn't have any kids and all that, you know, like, I mean, that's all I would do. I would just spend all as much time as I wanted to, right. Just practicing and working on stuff. And, um, and of course that, that brought me, you know, that brought me a lot of joy and fulfillment, but, um, but yeah, then when I, you know, when I met my wife and especially once we had, once we had kids, it was, you know, your, your priorities change a little bit, but at the same time, it's, it's, um, you know, this, you, you, you're experiencing all these new things and feeling all these new things. And to me that, like, that's what, that's what inspires creativity, right? That's what inspires your artistry and, and, and now you can tap into uh, this, you know, just a deeper well of emotions, right? When you play. Mm. So, you know, even though I don't have the same amount of time to, to, uh, to dedicate to the, um, like the more physical aspects of playing, mm -hmm. right? You know, like the, like actually working on techniques. I mean, I still have a little bit of that, but, you know, but there's still, there's still two other, um, two other things that you work on right because you have the you have the physical part but then there's also the mental side and then the uh and then the emotional side right so through my family and through these new experiences now you know i feel like i am i i am putting more uh i i'm gaining more on the on the emotional and the and the mental you know philosophical mm -hmm. side of my music and things like that but um you know, so, you know, so especially when I'm on tour or when I do have the time, you know, then it's, then I can work on the physical parts of it. But yeah, so that's, that's good. But plus, you know, as, as you get older too, you don't want to, you know, your, your hands, <laughs> they're not as, uh, you know, they, they can't handle as much practice anyway. So, yeah. Do your kids like have a favorite song? Do they make requests of you? Hey, dad, can you play this? uh yeah sometimes you know yeah my my oldest son you know when i when i talk to him he'll he always ask hey what songs did you play tonight you know oh how come you didn't play the song you know so yeah <laughs> yeah jake i'm curious um you know you have i think helped propel ukulele into some places people never expected I and mean, you talked about that what do you think is the next trend in sort of ukulele playing? You know, you talked about the people that inspired you. You're probably inspiring a new generation. What do you think the next thing is in terms of the instrument and, and its performance and its place in the musical pantheon? Yeah, I I, I think that um, 
I don't know. My my hope is that um, you know, because there's just so many talented uh, ukulele players, you know, out there now. And I guess my hope is that you know the the there's ukulele there there will be ukulele players that really specialize, you know, in a certain genre or field or style and um you know like when you think of the guitar right and uh you know you can if you think about jazz guitar right i mean like if you just said in general like who's your favorite guitar player i mean it just depends right Right. depends like what genre you're talking about and even within each genre there's like these like micro genres or Mm -hmm. sub genres right or styles so yeah so i i hope that you know like one day there's going to be like you know, there there will be the the Papatini of the ukulele and the Yo-Yo Ma of the ukulele, and you know the um, the Ingve Momstein of the ukulele. You know, <laughs> I mean, all, all these things, right? You know, you just uh, when you think about all these different um, guitar players, like uh, yeah, I mean, I I just like Jeff Beck was one of my heroes. Jeff Beck, you know, Satriani, Hendrix. Um, Van Halen, uh, but then there was also people like Elliot Fisk and you know John Williams and Pepe Romero, you know more on the classical side, right? That I that I love listening to as a kid. Um, and then you got like Paco de Lucia, right? But then you got like Al Di Miola, you know, who's you know they're they're kind of they're it's just like it's its own thing, you know. He had his own sound, his own style, his own approach. Um, you know, I, I love all the, the L.A. guitar quartet, you know, Los Angeles guitar quartet stuff. I love that kind of music. They'll, they'll be like the, the Los Angeles ukulele quartet, you know, <laughs> like doing all these incredible arrangements. And then and then just I, think there is, I think there is a ukulele group in England. I remember looking at it. After, oh, after there, there's at, a, yeah, there, there's the 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 ukulele orchestra of great britain you know yeah yeah there's that that ensemble they're incredible you know so yeah so i'm I'm hoping that there will be a lot a lot more of that you know in the future because can you imagine if like there was like uh an ukulele player who started out you know from the time they were a kid but devoted their whole life to just learning to play bach right you know or there's just someone who's just totally dedicated, dedicated their entire life to learning to play bebop on the ukulele. You know, I mean, you know, so I mean, there's, there's like, there's like, uh, you know, because I mean, all, all of these different genres, you know, you can spend your entire life right working on it and not mas- not master it. You know, so you know, I, for me, I, I, I always just kind of jumped all over the place. You know. But I, I love I love all the different styles and and uh, yeah and you know we definitely have fun so yeah so that's kind of your vision for the the future of ukulele. What about what's next for you? For me, oh well, my dream. Well, musically, I think my dream is I, I'd like to one day um, compose you know a, a piece for ukulele and orchestra, you know, like a yeah, like like write write my own ukulele concerto mm-hmm. one day, you know, and so that would I be love it. that would be a dream come true.
you have to wait till the kids are older and you have some more time, but um, yeah. <laughs> start now. See how it goes. Yeah. All right, I've got a couple of rapid fire questions. They don't always okay. go rapid, but we'll try and see how it goes. So if a movie was made about your life, who would you want to play you? Oh, wow. That's, I know that's, oh man, that's a tough one. Uh, oh man. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but the, the name that keeps coming to my uh, is Tom Hanks. But <laughs> that would be interesting. Love, but he he's love, he's talented enough. I think he could do it. I love Tom Hanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, should stories always have happy endings? Um. Oh. Um. I would say yes. You want them I, to. I, I, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're, I, you're, you're, uh, I get it. I, you know, I, I'm kind of like, you know, I'm kind of like, well, if, if, if it's not, if it's not happy yet, then, you know, maybe it's not really the end of the story. I like right? that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite emoji? Uh, just the happy face. I use it all the time. <laughs> maybe too much. <laughs> um, now, this is a tough one, but. Uh, do you have a favorite? Can you name one of your favorite songs, all-time songs? Oh, wow. Yeah. Uh, I think Schubert's Ave Maria is one of my one of my favorites. That's, that's so beautiful. And um, you know, uh, Leonard Cohen's Hallelujah too. Mm. Great. Awesome. Um, do you have a favorite social media platform? I know you're a sensation on YouTube. What's the one you like to use most? Oh, well, the, the one that I'm most familiar with is Facebook. <laughs> All I the, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not too, uh, too computer. You're not a TikTok star? <laughs> not yet. I have a really good friend who helps me with that, but yeah. There you go. <laughs> Um, can you name a book that left a lasting impression on you? Ah, uh, well, as a kid, for me, it was The Giving Tree. Mm, oh, how good is that? Mm. I love that book. In fact, I have it right over there. I swear to God. Yeah. Uh, it's literally on the shelf over there. Um, <laughs> can you name one of, your, one of your favorite movies? I'm a huge movie guy, so I'm just curious if you can name one that sticks oh, in your mind. Yeah. As a, Oh, uh, Forrest Gump. I can watch Forrest uh, Gump over and over. Yeah. And then the Tom Hanks thing. Yeah. So that's... <laughs> um, what's the one thing you can't live without? Uh, let's see. The one thing I can't live without. Gosh. Aside from the oh, ukulele. <laughs> man. That's, that's a tough one. Um, Oh, let's see. Uh, oh man, that's that's a tough one. I, I get maybe my maybe my my uh, fishing pole. I, mean, ah. I do love fishing. Yeah. All right. Uh, now this is a, this is actually a hard one at the end. Last one, which is, if you could be credited with inventing something, what would you want to be known for having invented? Oh, 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 that's a good one too. Shoot. Um, 
Wow. Man, these are tough ones. I'm sorry. I guess <laughs> the... Uh, <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just going to make something up. Maybe the, the toaster oven. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Everyone needs a good toaster. Um, well, thank you for indulging my questions, which are somewhat silly. Um, so is there anything at the moment that you are kind of, you know, you've been very kind to share with me that you want to share about what you're up to, where, you know, something that you want to promote right at the moment? Um, what's the latest that if people want to find out more and that sort of thing? Yeah, no, I, I man, I just want to say that, you know, I, I'm so grateful to be back out and performing again. Um, yeah, definitely, um, you know, during the pandemic, there were so many challenges and, and uh, you know, and, and being back out and connecting with the live audience again, oh, it's just, mm. you know, I'll, I'll never take that for granted, you know, because mm. it's just so powerful. I mean, our first show back last year, I remember we, our first show back out in front of a live audience was, uh, was in Florida when we went out on tour and we played over in Clearwater. And I just remember after the first song, after just that playing that first song and that energy and the applause and just the connection with the I mean, I just broke down. I just started crying, you know, it's just so, you know, it's 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 important, you know, that we we have these um, experiences, you know, where we can all connect and be together and um, and just support each other, be there for each other. That's um, and if someone wants to find out where you might be touring, or is it where is the best place for them to go? And oh, yeah, uh, you go on my website, it's jakeshimabukuro.com, J A K E S H I M A B U K U R O.com. I'll have it in the show notes so people can. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jake, this has been a joy. Um, I'm a huge fan and having this conversation with you has been a real delight. Uh, and I wanna thank you in particular for helping us connect the dots. Yeah, thank you so much. Thank you for taking your time to listen to this podcast. Please subscribe on your preferred podcast platform so you don't miss any future episodes. If you could also do me a favor and please leave a review on iTunes, I would really appreciate that. Remember, story matters and is the best way to connect the dots.